just want to, again, start off with communion. And, and we've already taken communion, but one of the uniquest communions I had was in Moldova back in April. And there was five of us that, that went, five Americans. And we, Pastor Vitali, who is the pastor there, he said, hey, do you all want to go serve communion? There's an older couple. The, the man is 89 years old. He can't, he can't come to church anymore because of some physical infirmities. And uh, so we, we got the opportunity to go to his house. And they got this picture up here. You see him right there, and that's his wife. And if you that are old enough remember the Soviet era, uh, they are living in a little two-room apartment there. Their bedroom is their living room and everything. Then right on the other side of that curtain or that rug is, is their kitchen area, and it's very small. It, they live on the fourth floor with no elevator. And so basically he's going to probably live there unless God does a miracle and just heal his body because the steps... And it was funny because when we walked in the room, one of the first questions I asked him, I said, did you ever expect five Americans to be in your house? He goes, definitely not. I'd be dead. They'd think I was a spy. And, and um, I was like, okay. And so we, we were there to serve him communion. And uh, Pastor Vitali, uh, who's the pastor there, he's sitting by Lonnie and Brad in between there, uh, he pulls out a bottle of juice. He pulls out a loaf of bread. And, and the way we're positioned uh, I'm, I'm starting to stress out a little bit because my heart's not right. I'm more worried about what I'm about to share with you than about communion. And, uh, and I noticed that there's, there's, there's eight of us in the room, and there's one bottle of juice. Uh, now, I want you to realize I don't even drink after Trish, and she doesn't drink after me. And so I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so Pastor Vitali can go one of two ways. He can go to his right, which means I'm going to be the last person that drinks out of this bottle, or he can go to the left, which means I'm going to be the second person that can drink out of this bottle. And so I begin to pray, and I'm stressing. I'm missing the whole message he's sharing about communion with everybody because my heart wasn't right. And, uh, but I think God heard my prayers, uh, even though my heart wasn't right. And he pulled out, he pulled out, uh, he pulled out seven or eight glasses, and I was like, thank you, Jesus. And, but now uh, communion, I always think about that as my heart. And it really goes about getting up from the table and serving and, and things like that. In Luke chapter 22, we, we sort of talked about that last week, verse 24. It says, then they begin to argue among themselves about who would be the greatest among them. Jesus told them, in this world, the kings, the kings and great men lorded over their people, yet they're called friends of the people. But among you, it will be different. Those who are greatest among you should take the lowest rank, and the leader... And the leader should be like a servant. Who is more important, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? The one who sits at the table, of course, but not here. Jesus said, but not here, for I am among you as the one who serves. And then John 13, 4, Jesus, the Bible says he, which would be Jesus, got up from the table. Let's pray. Father, for the next 15, 20 minutes, just give me the words to say that will inspire and challenge each and every one of us, that it's okay to sit at the table. It's okay to sit at the table and get full and get fed and, and get equipped, and, and, but Lord, that's where we get full. But Father, there's something more than just getting full. full. We want to be fulfilled. And so Lord, as we complete this second part of this message on Communion Sunday, 
that fulfillment comes from us getting up from the table. In Jesus' name, amen. So we picked up last week's message, and Jesus saying, I has left you this example to follow. And if we go back a little bit, and they're asking Jesus, who was the greatest? And, and what it's interesting, and I, what I love about Jesus, when they asked him, who is the greatest? He didn't say it was a bad question. He didn't rebuke them or say it's wrong desiring to be great in your life. So that, that's not wrong. But this communion Sunday, he clearly defined what greatness looked like. See, we think greatness looks like a large social media platform. We think greatness is influence. We think greatness is, is political positions or whatever it is. But to Jesus, greatness looks like a muddy towel. It's the beauty of a muddy towel that Jesus thinks about when he thinks about greatness. And Jesus said, now that I've shown you this in John 13, I want you to do this for others. You know, about each and every night, my wife watches the show Undercover Boss. How many of y'all ever watched Undercover Boss? And Jesus is probably the greatest undercover boss because he didn't just bark orders, but he sort of set back like these bosses. And Jesus demonstrated, Jesus demonstrated to each and every one of us how he wanted to be presented to the people around us through his life. He's like, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to handle this. And so many of us want influence, and so many of us want leadership. And I sometimes don't know if we really want the influence of the leadership, but we really just maybe want the title. And there's a quote that I love that says, if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. That if serving is beneath you, then, then leadership is beyond you. And, and that's for the Christian that desires to be a leader. Because let me tell you, I know it's comfortable at the table. But there's a time that you have to get up from the table. And I know a good place to start. Start with going to growth track. Start with rejoining the dream team. Start by hosting a small group training or whatever that, going to small group host training and hosting a small group. But at some point in our lives, that it's okay to return to the table, but, but we need to get up from the table. And I know it's wonderful and it feels nice to have other people serve you. But at some point, you have to get up from the table. And this communion Sunday, you have to tell yourself, you know what, I'm, I'm getting up from the table. I've, I've sat here too long. And, and you'll know because the Holy Spirit will start to convict you. The Holy Spirit will start to prompt you. The Holy Spirit will start to urge you. And if you don't feel those promptings, then you need to sit at the table and you need to get healed. You need to get made whole. You need to get restored and, and get full in life. But there comes a point that, that you have to get up from the table. And Jesus is giving us a clue, Family Life Fellowship. And he says, you know, we think we'll get fill, full at sitting at the table, but fulfillment comes from getting up from the table. Fulfillment really comes from serving others for Jesus' sake. Proverbs 11.25, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. You know, our kids are getting ready to go back to school, and, and I remember from kindergarten, I remember from first grade and second grade at, at South Park, 
Isn't it amazing that kids have not changed in, at least in my life, in 55 years? That when a teacher says it's time to go get a drink, guess what? Every kid runs up to the line, runs up to the water fountain, and wants to be first in line. Amen? Nobody's hanging back to be last. No, they're pushing, they're shoving, they're trying to get it. Why? Because, because they're, they're thirsty. They, want, they, they have their focus on themselves. They, they want to get to the front of the line so that they can get a drink. And, and let's be real. Sometimes as, as Christians, we are, we are exactly the same in our life. And yet Proverbs says that God works differently. He says, man, if you want a refreshing that will last, a refreshing that will take you to another level, then God says if you refresh others, I will personally guarantee that you get your own refreshment. And don't miss the prophetic implication behind that verse. It's amazing. We get depressed, and I get depressed in seasons of my life, and you get depressed, and and, and it's easy when we, we feel that depression coming on that it's a natural tendency to withdraw. It's a natural tendency to say, I need to take a break. It's a natural tendency to stay at home and close the blinds and, and focus on ourselves. Come on, say amen. For me, for me, I found that when that heaviness comes on, that depression comes on my life, I make up my mind that I'm going to find somebody a little worse off than me, and I'm going to serve them. I'm going to serve them. I'm going to find somebody else every day that somehow, some way that I can serve. And it's an amazing because every time, without fail, every time it works for me, that when I begin to serve them, even when I don't feel like it, suddenly I come out of that selfish syndrome and I prefer others above myself and God begins to refresh me. Why is that? First, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others when they're troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort, the same comfort that God has given us. Maybe it's time for you to get up from the table. Everybody say, get up from the table. Maybe it's time for you to get involved in serving on the dream team. For others of you to host a small group. For others of you to go on a missions trip. For others of you to serve at the student conference or serve at Smart Start. Or you know what? I've got requests coming in for concession stands at the local high schools right now. And, and other sports are opening up. There's a lot of opportunities. But simply, all of us need to begin to see Jesus. And we need to begin to see people the way that Jesus finds, sees them. And find a way to serve them. Jesus served us, and he was giving us this pattern when he said, what I've done for you, I want you to do it for others. Add value to others, because when you serve them, you're really adding value. You're adding that, man, I'm worth something. I'm noticed. And it was so it's amazing. Everybody wants to go out and witness and share their faith, but people really don't care what you have to say until they know how much you care. They don't really care what you have to say till they know how much you care. And how do you get that opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and share your faith in a way that they'll be open and receive it? Find a way to serve their practical needs. See, I believe the next move of God at Family Life Fellowship and even in the world today is not going to be another, another meeting or another song. 
But when the average Christian decides to just be the ordinary Christian and wins their sphere of influence by serving and adding value to the people's lives, why is our vision at Family Life Fellowship people reaching people through people with the love of Jesus Christ? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. What you experienced, go back into your world and let others experience. Let me illustrate it this way. How many of y'all have ever traced a pattern? And, and when people saw your work of art, they thought, man, you are an amazing artist. Come on. And, and your ego won't let them tell them that, that you're, you, you traced a pattern. It's not that you're a great artist. You're just a really good tracer. Well, you know what? That's okay. In spirituality and Christianity, that's the greatest thing to do. Jesus laid out his life as an incredible pattern. We just need to lay our lives over his life and trace the way that he served people, trace the way that he loved people, trace the way that he went out of his way for others, how he was attentive to others' needs, how he delivers to meet their needs with joy, how he cleans up the messes of others. God knows how much you love him by the way that you treat other people. Study the Bible. One time a religious leader asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? And in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34, we get the story. And, and Jesus said, well, you've got to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. But, but he knew that you couldn't divorce one without the other. And so then he said in verse 31, you should, the definition of should, ought to, but not necessarily will, you should love your neighbor as yourself. We're here to serve people as if they are Jesus, Matthew 25 says. How do you do this? Look at every person and picture Jesus' face over their shoulders and allow his love to move you into action, no matter who they are. Because, see, love is not love. It's really not biblical love until it moves you to action. Everybody say action. Look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. It says, dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us, highlight that, circle that under, let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth. So we'll be confident when we stand before God. Let us, not just Vic, not just me, not just a few of us, not just some of us, not a lot of us. Everybody say, let us. Because love without action is just sympathy. It's just sympathy. So as I close down, I want to ask you this question. How many water basins and towels have you walked by? See, the young man who passed away at North Village, 30 years old, worked there 10 years. They reached out because we go to church. We do church there at North Village twice a week. You have a single mom. She buried her first son about four years ago. She's burying her second son this Thursday. How 
How many opportunities have we walked by because we wanted a seat at the table? How many opportunities have we missed because we sat at the table too long? See, God gives us a towel. It represents our resources. It represents our time. It represents our energy. It represents the anointing on our life that each and every one of us got. But most of us, the problem is we've been trying to keep our towel clean and pristine. But when we get to heaven, God's not going to be excited about this towel. God's going to be excited about this towel. See, God sees the beauty in a muddy towel. And this communion Sunday, Jesus needed to make sure that his disciples understood this. But not only them, but us. Because he gave them a picture of a muddy towel that we would never forget. Because see, when we see that muddy towel, he said, remember me. Remember this towel. Remember this moment and this example. And remember what I did for you. This morning, you may feel like your feet are dirty, symbolically. And it's interesting enough because our feet represent where we go and where we've been and where we've gone. And Jesus wanted to wash you clean of your shortcomings and your failures and your faults still blows me away that Jesus washed Judas's feet, fully aware that he was going to betray him in just a few hours. So what does this say? Jesus knows what we're going to do. Jesus knows where we're going to fail. And yet Jesus still wants to wash us clean. Ask yourself, have I been sitting at the table too long? Do you feel it's time maybe for you to push back from the table? And know that it's your time to begin or re-begin serving others like Jesus. See, it's like this little, little buzzer. It's funny. We go to a restaurant, and now they do it on our phone, but sometimes they give us these little buzzers. And we wait for this moment. Amen? I mean, because this is the moment you've arrived. And it's an amazing thing because they'll give us one of these little buzzers, and it's not flashing, but we'll wait 15 minutes. We'll wait 30 minutes. We'll wait an hour to get what? To get a seat at the table. Amen? 
Our friend's like, hey, you want to walk around the mall? No, we got to stay here. Don't want to go out of range. Don't want to miss my opportunity. So we sit there and we wait and we wait and we wait. But what are we really waiting for? You ever thought about it? What are we really waiting for when we're sitting there holding this little buzzer, waiting for it to go off? We're waiting for someone who's already at a table to get up from that table, go do what they need to do so we can get a seat at the table. And let me tell you how frustrating it is when you're sitting there and you can see through the glass and you're looking in there and you're peering at them with your little sad eyes and and they're done eating They've had dessert, they've drank their after-dessert coffee, and they're just sitting there at the table. And you're waiting to get a seat at the table, but they refuse to get up from that table, even though they, they act like they don't see you, but they see that whole line waiting outside. This communion Sunday. I pray that through this message the last two weeks that you see God's heart. God's heart for some of us to come to the table. For some of us to get up from the table. That we'll notice the hundreds if not thousands of people of hungry people waiting to get in and to get a seat from the table. And are we willing to say, hey, do you need a seat? Here, take my seat. I'm willing to get up for you. How can I serve you? How can I encourage you? How can I pray for you? I'm willing to get up because I'm full so you can have a seat at the table. See, for me, when this thing really clicked for me, when I stopped coming to church for me, now I come to church because it's vertical. I want, I want to experience the presence and power of, of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But when I quit coming to church for me, then you know what? And when I started coming to church for God and you, then church really became fun for me. Because you'll never know what it's like to experience your purpose until you're able to touch someone. Until you're able to touch someone. And maybe it's time for you to give up your seat at the table. Become a part of the dream team affected people's eternity. Because no one who has ever just lived for themselves fulfilled God's purpose in their life. And we need to personally welcome people and escort them to the seats at their table where their lives will be forever changed by God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. See, it's time to get up. It's time to pick up our towel. 
and wash the feet of the people groups, the cities, the communities that God's called us to. Because there are people God wants to reach by us serving. And I pray as we enter 21 days of prayer Tuesday that we'll begin to make more stories together. And we'll help others rewrite their stories. So, Father, I know it's an intense message. And I need you to speak to each person where they're at. Do they need to sit at the table and eat and be refueled and get full of the, the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit? Or are we so full that we need to get up and now we need to step into that level of fulfillment? Each one of us are different. So Holy Spirit, speak to each individual what they need spoken to in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.